1: Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to yet another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. We are 15 weeks in, very slim chance of making the playoffs, although not mathematically eliminated, and we have a big game coming up on Saturday where we are wearing our throwback uniforms, which I absolutely love, against the Buffalo Bills. This episode, we're going to tell you what the Broncos need to do and need to do basically perfectly in order to beat a very, very good Buffalo Bills team. I am al- as always am your host Jared here with my co-host David and we are ready to break this down. How you feeling today David? Oh, pretty good. Jared, uh
0: you know, still excited coming off of last week's win, but it's a tougher challenge this week to be sure. We'll get into
1: all of that though coming up here, won't we? Absolutely. So, go ahead and make sure you hit that subscribe button, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and MySpace. And make sure you grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right David, we're coming off of a, a what seems like a very strong victory against the Carolina Panthers team where it looked like everything was clicking for the offense, the defense was playing very well. Uh obviously we had some issues on the DB side, but uh just a quick recap uh not to take too much away from the post game podcast of of what you thought and how everything went down in Carolina. Oh man.
0: A uh, really exciting uh you know, a defense that's depleted and very much not, you know, kind of on the rise, not not in its final form in Carolina right now. Um, but, you, you know, good to see this offense take advantage of anybody, any defense ever. We saw how impotent they looked against the Raiders defense, which is also terrible. Um, and they got strangled. So to come out there and put it to a bad defense uh, to the tune of four touchdowns, uh, you know, it feels good. Um, going forward against Buffalo, though, not a bad, a bad defense, um, a defense right. on the rise for certain, a defense that didn't start the year playing all that well, to be honest with you, um, but has really come on lately uh, and is very impressive, especially on the back end. Uh, so I'm really, really concerned this week about the offense's potential to get going against this, this defense. If they can do it, it's, it's another really encouraging sign of growth. Uh, but that's, it's a pretty big if as of now. Um, they allowed 15 points to the Steelers, 24 points to the 49ers, 17 points to the Chargers, and then that, th- that weird Hail Mary against the Cardinals where they, they allowed 30 right. points. But, you know, still very much a defense that is tightening up and rounding into form um, as, as this season ends. So uh, I'm Absolutely. Con- concerned about that. What are, you, what are your kind of initial thoughts on that side of
1: the ball? No, I, I agree with you completely. I think their defense, but Buffalo's defense, as we're getting into it, is not the Carolina defense. Like you said, they're up and coming. They're kind of young. They're working their way up. Uh, this Buffalo defense isn't going to allow us to do the things that we did against Carolina. And we, if we can, if we do turn around and do the things that we did against Carolina and score more than – it looks like they had a couple weird games there where they scored 30 points, but for the most part, less than 20, around 20 points per game that they're averaging. If we could do that, if we can go out there and score three, four touchdowns again – then that's really the sign for the future. And I think that's what all of Broncos countries at this point looking for uh, in our Denver Broncos, because less than 1% chance. And even I, as many times as I say, we're not mathematically eliminated, understand the reality of what needs to happen to uh, for us to even be part of that conversation. So no, I I think, I think that's the biggest part. And I think that's going to be the biggest play in this, uh, in this upcoming game is that defense and our, sorry, our offense Uh, Can they sustain what we did last week?
0: Yeah. And it's going to be an interesting challenge because of just, you know, again, injuries is kind of the tail of the season. Um, We actually get some good news on that front this week, though. Garrett Bowles and Noah Fant, uh, both leaving, uh, you know, Bowles ruled out before the game last week, Fant leaving during the first quarter, I believe.
1: Uh, I think he played like five plays or something. And then obviously couldn't finish. Right.
0: Um so they both out of an abundance of caution, got a bunch of extra COVID tests. They isolated in the hotel in Carolina and then flew back the next day. Once those tests came back negative uh, started practicing again today, looks like both of those guys are going to be available. So that's some good right. news.
1: Um, that's yeah. huge. Right. I mean, I mean, talk, if we're talking about two, if if you were to tell me the top two players on our offense right now, I'd say those two gear polls, no offense, are the top two players playmakers on our offense right now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, and, you know, Garrett Bowles had a really, really impressive stat today. He's allowed, uh, he's gone the most pass blocking snaps without allowing a sack this offseason right. of any tackle. Um, and that's really, right. really impressive. Over 400 pass blocking uh, reps without a sack allowed. Um, so, man, I know we kind of come on and talk about him every week, but he's, key, he's still deserving of all of this praise uh, the way he's been able to turn it around this year. Um, outside of him, what are you, who are you kind of circling um, as one matchup for the offense that really stands out to you as being important to this game?
1: So, our offense, you know, I always love to take the wide receivers. I've been high on Tim Patrick this entire time, but honestly, this is probably one of the better defensive back sets that we've played uh, in a while. Um, they're, they're playing very well. This Buffalo defense, these Buffalo defensive backs are playing very well, whether he goes up against Jadavius White. Um, or Wallace on the other side, Levi Wallace on the other side, it's going to be tough, uh, skiing. And then, and then they have free safeties and strong safeties are just playing very well past defense. If Patrick can get open, I want to see that. I want to see Patrick at the ball. And and same thing with Jerry Judy. I know I'm kind of skipping it and I hope I'm not taking one of your guys, but, uh, the, the receiving core in general, I think just needs to get open. I think that's the, that's going to help out lock a lot. If we can get the guys open, then he's going to be able to make the throw. From what we saw against Carolina, if he's reading it properly, and that's what we wanted, that's what we're going to need to see. But it's going to be come down to them a lot more th- this game than normal to actually be able to make the breaks and and create the separation that we're going to need in order to uh, get the ball to him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're so right too, because I look back at their their safety tandem uh, in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, who are both. I mean, it's they're almost top t- both top twenty safeties. Hyde is fourteenth, and Poyer's twenty first. As far as the the rankings go for safeties uh, in the NFL by PFF, uh, so they've they're really sound on the back end. You're not going to see coverage busts that allow KJ Hamler to be have a step on his guy like you saw against Carolina. You're not going to see five guys rotate to cover Jerry Judy uh, like you saw against Carolina because somebody doesn't know where they're supposed to be. Um, they're really well coached on that end. They're really good players. Um, I, I think that's a great pick. I'm gonna go with one and say uh, Noah Fant, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Noah Fant, and then I'm gonna pick somebody for an extra shout out after that. So that's not cheating, Um, because (laughs) I'm telling
1: you about it beforehand. Um, (laughs) Is that how that works? You just tell me beforehand. It's not cheating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Is that not? Is that? I thought that's how it worked. Okay. Anyway, so I think Noah Fant because of those things that you were mentioning, Jared, the the coverage and the the back end depth in in the Bills defense is really really impressive. So you're going to need guys like Noah Fant who can get open 4 or 5 yards on these stick routes, on these in routes, you know, close to the line of scrimmage and just help the offense open things up early. We saw them have really good success and get Drew Lock into a rhythm by doing that against Carolina. Uh, even though Fant wasn't available, and i I'd just pick him because I think he's the best guy when he's available to do that kind of stuff. You know, we saw Troy Fumagalli and Nick Vanette do a pretty decent job uh, against Carolina. Everybody was kind of eating against Carolina, though. Everybody was having success. Um, but still, those guys getting open, uh, the tight end group, Noah Fant in particular, because he can do so much with the ball in his hands after the catch, uh, that would be my pick. Um, my special shout-out goes out to Netane Muti, uh, our, our uh, rookie guard, and I think he's seventh-round seventh pick this year. Yeah, um, sixth-round. Yeah, sixth-round. Um, a guy who hadn't actually played a game of football in two years before he played against Carolina last week because of some, some injuries in his college career. But, you know, the tape before that really showed a very talented player uh, and that talent is obvious when you watch the Carolina game. It's not perfect by any means, but if Graham Glasgow can't go, I would expect to see another start from him. Uh, and it was kind of fun to watch him against Carolina. So uh, another a t- a tough matchup for sure, but I think he would be up to this challenge.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's tough though. I- you know normally we kind of pick apart the offensive defensive line so let, let's talk about our offensive line we talked about uh, muti there uh is can have a kind of a rough season as a rookie uh luckily uh, against this game if we do see muti go this isn't their strength isn't in the interior it's in the outside their pass rush is their their real strength their interior is not where it's at so some of our inside runs some of our inside zone runs might work out very well and having muti in there wouldn't be a, a killer to us as if it were at, I don't know, Kansas city or somebody else who had a very strong interior defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, with the, with the injuries and the movements of the, of the offensive line to, for drew Locke and the offense to have that much success, the way that they did is really actually kind of surprising. And, you know, you're out your number one tight end, you're out your number one left tackle, like the number three left tackle in the league, and you still have success to be able to deliver the ball, have time to deliver the deep ball. It was, I, I was pleasantly surprised and impressed. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: And it's just now about you know kind of what we've been talking about and what we will continue to talk about until we see it. Just more consistency. What what can the offense do to build on what they've already done? Um, right. You know we we don't need and that doesn't necessarily mean when I say build you have to go six touchdowns and no interceptions. Now, uh, it just keep the no interceptions part in. <laughs> a, you know, do a no turnover game against a really decent playoff bound defense. Um and show your team that you can keep the ball in your hands even if you're not scoring touchdowns on every single drive. Uh, right. Show your defense that you can not have them on short fields. You know, give them a reason to keep playing hard for you. Because man, this defense is so good. They're so well coached, even with you know all the decimation of injuries that we could talk. We have talked about at length. Um, they're they're still playing hard. They're coached really well. And if the offense can go out there and support them by just keeping the ball in their own hands and, and you know playing tough that's going to be the most important thing i think this week
1: yeah I, I think we're the most underrated team in the league and it's only because of our inconsistency like so i mean and, it, and i don't even think it depends on who we're playing like we'll sit here and we could dig apart you know matchups one-on-ones and then we watch the game and it's like that wasn't one of the matchups i was looking at where this guy come from all of a sudden we, we just don't have the consistency some of the play calling some of the decision making from drew lock some of the run calls like a lot of it is just so inconsistent week to week that we don't know which Broncos offense is going to show up. Yeah. And like you said, if we can, if we can come out and throw a, a go down here and have a no turnover, no special teams play game, then this game's going to be a lot closer than I think, especially Vegas. But a lot, a lot of people are thinking this game's going to be right. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely,
0: you know, one of the chances for the Broncos to prove at least they're that stereotypical team that nobody wants to play at the end of December. You know, like that will be the narrative for sure going into the Raiders game if the Broncos pull this one off. Uh, Oh, the Raiders don't want to run into the Broncos right now trying to play play in for a wild card spot. So, yeah, um, I would that'd be very nice. Um, That would be, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if we finish seven and nine, or gosh, even if we do win out and end up eight and eight, regardless if we make the playoffs or not, I think it's another chance for Drew Locke to train, change the narrative about himself. You know, he started this year. It was all hype. It was kind of, you know, an unearned maybe level of hype. Um, and, you know, followed by the no off season, the no training camp, the no preseason, all of that with the new offensive coordinator and then just kind of bottoming out at a certain point this season, which I think we saw. And, you know, if he can complete this and make kind of come full circle this season, that narrative changes to – he's a guy you
1: can't count out. He's a guy you have to build, keep building around, you know? And, and you know, a lot of people it, it's, it's crazy. And, and just kind of going off on a tangent about drew Locke and the coaching staff a little bit, but uh, the, the amount of you're either for them or against them. There's no middle ground for some reason yeah. for a lot of people. And, and I I don't think we're playing that Switzerland role where we're kind of staying out of it. But I mean, I don't think anybody needs to get fired, but I'm also not sitting here praising everybody after one game, that, that they were the best. And this is going to be the best, you know, team for the next rest of the, for the next six years.
0: And, you know, it's the, the, the thing is it's just the narrative around co- young quarterbacks has changed so much just in the last like five years, the last three years uh, with Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield stepping in and having really quick success, um, you know, with Justin Herbert coming in and looking like a superstar right away, uh, you know, to uh, the The list is super long of guys who come in and just look NFL ready right away and make their team instantly look better. And, you know, a lot of those guys now have, have kind of had their regressions and struggles too, to various levels. But it it's so unfair to Drew Locke to just hold them up and hold him up to those guys and say, you're not doing it as fast as everybody else, which means you'll never do it, which means you can't do it. You know, it's it's absolutely the right coaching staff and the um, ability to bring out a, a quarterback's natural natural uh, abilities. But you can't just count him out because he's not having the instant success that all of these other quarterbacks are having. You can't hold him up to them and say it's fair. You know this; they're doing well. You're not doing well. They
1: can do these things. You can't do these things. Okay, rant over. Uh let's let's just be done ranting about our offense and uh what we have going on there. Let's talk about our defense. What what injury obviously plagued continuously injury plagued defense? I think we're out of all DBs except for Ojamudia, who was playing pretty well. Uh what what are we looking at for our defense coming up on Saturday?
0: Um, you know, it's just gonna be really, really tough. Um the matchups are not. Super great in the backfield. This depleted. Um, you know we've got Ojemudia and Bosby back there. Ojemudia is playing much better. Um, you know Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons are both playing top, like top ten safeties. Um, so it's you know it's a tough secondary on the very back end, kind of like the Bills. Um, but you're just not quite to that level as far as especially the superstars that they have at receiver with Stefan Diggs uh, and Cole Beasley, who has more receiving yards already this year than he's ever had in, in, in his entire career. Um, it's, it's really going to be tough. You know, Dawson Knox at tight end. It's not a superstar by any means, but you know how our defense is at covering the tight end. Um, and the other thing you've really got to watch out for is Josh Allen's legs. Uh, he's, he's got such an ability to, to get outside the pocket and get downfield on you before you've got a chance to, you know, know what's going on. Um, you know, he's got that those savvy moves where he, he fakes slides and then gets an extra eight or nine yards just because your defense has to regroup and tackle him. Uh, it, it's really, really going to be a tough challenge for this defense to, you know, play gap sound defense, not get too far upfield in their rushes on the on the uh, front end and on the back end. Make sure they're sticking to these receivers uh, or it's going to be a really long day.
1: And I mean, that's a good point. I, I think the worst part about this is their strength is their pass game and our i don't know i wouldn't i don't want to say weakness i i just i are depleted injury plagued uh part of our defense is our is our past defense is our is our uh, secondary so yeah i think you're right i think that's going to be tough we're going to need big games from our linebackers josie jewel, josie jewel and alexander johnson i say it every week i'm on the podcast alexander johnson's an unsung hero of this defense and he continues to impress week in and week out um they're not going to be able to run the ball on us, I don't think. With our interior defensive line, with Shelby Harris back, was playing very well. Bradley Chubb's doing a pretty good job. Even Malik Reed's pretty doing a pretty good job. Uh, DeMarcus Walker. All those guys are playing very well on that offensive line, on the defensive line. It's whether or not we could either, A, get pressure to him, or B, stop him from being able to make the throws somehow, um, whether that be... You know, Cream Jackson or, or uh, Justin Simmons. What I do like though is that oh, bringing back Will Parks and having him play in that uh, that slot, you know, that Bryce Callahan style uh, slot corner that that mm-hmm. worked out pretty well. And I bet you that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of Cole Beasley versus Will Parks uh, on this. So I'm going to go ahead and take that matchup as my matchup to watch out for. Uh, the, you mentioned Cole Beasley; he's been having a, a great year this year, and Will Parks having coming back. He played a very good game last week. Um, I think that's going to be the matchup to look for going into this game, depending on whether we play man or, or zone. But I think that's the one I'm going to be watching for the most.
0: All right. Um, I'm going to go kind of with a position group here. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills tackles against our edge rushers. Um, okay. they have got two really good tackles, um, you know, top half of the league, certainly at their position on both sides of the, of the line there. You've got Deion Dawkins at left tackle and Darrell Williams over at the right tackle position. And they've been really solid. Uh, so Malik Reed and Bradley Chubb both have kind of their work cut out for them. Uh, the inside of the line, I think the matchups are a little more favorable with Shelby Harris, Deshaun Williams in there um, against their guards. But I think the yeah the, the tackle situation is going to be one to watch. If we can't generate a consistent outside pass rush, you know, look for Vic Fangio to start mixing things up with blitzes like he's done at multiple points this year, either defensive back blitzes or linebacker blitzes. You know, we saw Will Parks in his first game back with the Broncos last week get a sack, a 16 yard sack on a on a corner blitz. So, uh, still not afraid to bring that pressure is Vic Fangio, and I think he's going to be looking for ways to fluster this uh, this Josh Allen any way he can.
1: Absolutely, and, and I think that's going to be a big key to this game is whether or not we can fluster Josh Allen. If he if he has time to sit back there and throw the ball. I, we're, we're not going to be, I'm, and I'm just being honest right now, obviously love the Broncos and we wish them the best, but that's just, that's not going to happen. If he can sit back there and throw the ball, uh, you were bringing up a stat earlier. He has like the most.
0: Yeah. He, Uh, hold on. Let me, let me see. I want to make sure I, I can explain this stat. Um, <laughs> so, cause it's, it's kind of, it's one of the newer stats, the, the analytics uh, stats. Um, so e- expected points added is, is the stat I'm about to reference. Um, it calculates the expected points. Uh, you know, it breaks down the number of points that you get on every play. No, you know, based on how many yards you get, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it's a fraction, some fraction of a point you get extra per play. Uh, Josh Allen generates more extra points per play than any quarterback in the entire league when he's not pressured, um, so that's it's got to be something the Broncos are focusing on on defense. You know, Vic Fangio knows, can see on the tape how he plays when he has time to just sit back and pick the defense apart. They cannot allow that. They've got to make Josh Allen do some of these turnover things that he does. You know, if you get him running, there's always the chance that you hit him hard. He gets careless with the football and he fumbles it. You can get him to throw interceptions, you've just got to play sound. And that's the most important thing. Uh, Get up the field with four rushers if you can. And if you bring those blitzes, make sure they get home.
1: Absolutely. That's a, and and I think I like that stat. It's just, you have to bring the pressure. Just like you said, you have to bring the pressure. Mm -hmm. So enough of our defense to talk about offense. we talk about defense. Now here's another thing that sometimes we talk about. Sometimes we don't. And uh, last week we had our first special teams return. Uh, The Deontay Spencer, who's a former uh, Ottawa red, black, for the CFL came down to the NFL played for us, been returning for us for the last two years, finally got every touchdown returns His first touchdown. Uh, congratulations to him. Here's, here's the stat that we're looking for this game. We are still 32nd in the league in special teams. The Buffalo bills are fifth. That does not bode well for us when we're talking about special teams ability to, to, to hold them from scoring. I mean, we saw it against, was it Kansas city? One special teams play can make the difference of, of whether or not we get rolled or we keep it close enough. So I, what, what do you think about that? Well, and I'll tell you
0: what: the Bills only scored twenty points offensively against the Steelers last week. Um, they got another touchdown, I believe it was from their defense, actually. But uh, this team, like you were saying, has demonstrated the ability to score other ways than with their offense this season. Um, and that, you know, is not a great matchup against our special teams, which you know may have shown a, a little bit of improvement th- these last couple of games, but just over the season as a whole has not shown shown well ever um so it's yeah it's really going to be something to keep an eye on uh, even if they're not scoring touchdowns can the can the uh, you know can the gunners get back there and make tackles quickly um or you know at least draw a penalty if you if you can't get back there <laughs> you know the special teams <laughs> penalties, yeah really get something uh illegal block in the back it's real easy to fake it if you just kind of fall down and look like you were pushed from behind Uh, (laughs) get those if you can Um, no I would never suggest that the Broncos flop never Um, but it's just got to keep that field position in check Um, make sure that they have long fields to go instead of short fields because you know we've seen this defense get you know kind of worn out as games go on by just having short field after short field after short field and you know they always answer well it's a very good red zone defense we've talked about it a lot but with with teams like this with such potent weapons, you can't count
1: on them to just keep them out of the end zone every time they reach that area of the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to score predictions and uh, a caveat to all of our score predictions. And we talked about at the beginning of the episode how inconsistent our team is uh our score predictions are really just uh shots in the dark at this point and I think everybody's score prediction week in and week out no matter who you follow or who you listen to is a shot in the dark so what is your shot in the dark score prediction for the Buffalo Bills game
0: you know what I think I don't think the Broncos are going to win this one um but I don't think it's going to be a blowout I think it's going to be something close like 24 to 21 uh, you know, maybe Buffalo gets the chance on a last second drive to make a field goal that, you know, it's tied late. Um, I think Drew Locke does play well. I don't think he has another four touchdown, zero interception game, maybe two to one or two to zero would be my really ideal, obviously, like we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, just see improvement from the offensive side of the ball again, uh, you know, no fumbles from Melvin Gordon would be nice. You know, a little bit more flash from Philip Lindsay. I know he's playing hurt right now. Everybody's playing hurt right now. It's that kind of season. Um, but, you know, build on what you can do, but what uh, what you can build on, and don't worry as much about, you know, this team. You know, fire everybody if we don't beat the Bills narrative. Like, it's just got to look competent.
1: Yeah, I, I there's a couple things I'm looking at here when I when I'm to do my score prediction. Uh, earlier in the season, they beat the Patriots by three, who we who we beat. Uh, obviously, they beat the Jets by eight points. Uh, only where it's held to eighteen points by the Jets' defense somehow. <laughs> um, so I, I think I think when I, when I'm looking at these scores, most of these are close. Not a lot of them are really blowouts. There's a couple here and there. But for the most part, they're really close scores, and I think that's going to be the same thing this week. And unfortunately, again, I'm not calling for his head. I don't think he needs to be fired. I don't think we need to draft a new quarterback. I think what's going to happen is we're going to be down by three or maybe down by four, four or five with a chance for Drew Locke to drive it down the field uh, to win the game for us. And we're going to come up short. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I still don't think he's ready to take on that leadership role. There's been a couple games this season, I think three or four games this season where we've had a chance uh, to drive the ball down and he just hasn't been able to. The most one recent one I could think of is a Kansas City game where he just threw the pick and it was kind of over from there. So I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a real close game. I'd, I'd say probably, I don't know, 20, 26 to 21. And then we're going to have a chance to drive down to, uh, to uh, win the game. And I I don't think we're going to be able to, to finish it out against uh, a very strong, well-coached and uh, very good Buffalo bills defense.
0: Yeah. Now that's a good point. One thing that gives me pause about that, about your, your closeness uh, comparison here, Jared. um, Yeah. You're right that the bills have had a lot of close games, but they've scored uh, over 30 points. Seven times this season, You're right. and that—that that just kind of you know these are close games for sure. Um, but you know they're still kind of putting up points, and it was kind of their defense letting them down a little bit um, in some of those games. We're just gonna have was, to see. And, and it's, so what, I, what I'm looking at here
1: for that yeah, one though is, yeah. is the games that were very limited, very small mm-hmm. scoring, not a lot. Are teams that aren't doing very well. You're talking about yeah. the Chargers, yeah, the, yeah. the Patriots, the Jets, like those games were all he was they were kept under 25 points. So it's kind of one of those things that, like, do they play down to their competition? Possibly. Do we play up or down to ours? Possibly. And I think that's where this is gonna go. Or we see I could be a complete lunatic and we see some forty five to forty one shootout, uh rivaling the the Monday night game of last week. That'd be fun, huh? <laughs> oh man, yeah. that would be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, what are you – any closing thoughts? Uh, any Anything that we haven't maybe gone over? Uh, we talked about the special teams, for God's sake.
1: Yeah, we talked – I think we talked about everything. In, and, again, one more, like – we say it each and every week, and I feel like people still aren't getting it. I just think it's, you know, the Twitter and the Facebook that we're on um, of people just kind of freaking out about the Broncos and thinking that we need to –
0: well, and I'll Cut tell stop you. Uh,
1: and get rid of people. And this trend of
0: improvement by Drew Locke has kind of, you know, vindicated us, I think. Maybe we're just speaking into our own echo chamber by thinking so. <laughs> but, um, you know, if he continues to improve, like we're saying, you know, it's all we've been saying. Like, give him the chance. He's uh, eight and seven or something, or eight and uh, seven or something. Um, after 16 starts in the NFL, he's, you know, he's getting there. He's not there yet. Right. Um, but good God. Just because we haven't had the success of a Justin Herbert or Tua tunga or a Joe Burrow or, you know, the last three quarterback years have been really, really impressive with guys who could just play immediately their first year. And it puts, I think, a really unfair expectation that that's what the league is now. And maybe that is what the league is now. Maybe it's just quarterbacks who step in from college and are just stars right away. And that's the future of the NFL. Because it's such a, it's you know it's a pro style offense on so many of these schools now, but just because Drew Locke isn't there right now doesn't mean he'll never be there, and he can't get there. And you know we right. saw too much out of him last season, and you know if, if we see that at the end of this season again, him start to come into that with a full offseason and continuity and offensive coordinator, you've really just begun to unlock his potential, and that's not upon right. on his name. I didn't mean to do that. But here we are. I'm a little punchy <laughs> at the end of an episode. Let's wrap this yeah. up.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. But I, I a caveat to that. Like, everyone wants the Justin Herbert, obviously, because his numbers look good. But I mean, he's still. I mean, the, their team is, only has four wins. I think he only has three of those. And he does. It's not like it's yeah, he not does
0: like he, like a ton of rookie stuff, too. It's not like it's right. First. I
1: mean, he's still throwing interceptions. He's been putting up big numbers, and you can see some big arm stuff. But it's the same as Drew Locke, where it's kind of like you see flashes of good. Let's just let him sit there and and get some good coaching and a full off season possibly and a and a full op, a full receiving core. Um, I mean, I guess right now we're only really missing Cortland Sutton, but yeah, I, we'll see we'll see what happens and we'll go forward. And like you said, we're kind of tooting our own horn here, but like just just play it out. Let's see what happens and go from there. So it's always that's my playing. last words. Other than your little rant, you have any other last words? or we should we end this out? I, was, I only have two last words, Jared. I think you know what those are. I think so too. Are you ready for them? Yeah, absolutely. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.